You're listening to Abroad, where we celebrate the diversity and humility of immigration through storytelling. I'm your host, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Abroad. And today, Crystal is here with us. Hi, Crystal. Hello. How are you Hi. doing? Hi. I'm doing well, thank you. Um, I'm in Santa Barbara at the moment. Oh, nice. And yeah, and it's uh, a little overcast, but really excited to talk with you and just to chat about your journey. How are you? Oh, likewise. Yeah, no, I've been good. I've been good. Um, you know, I'm in Texas, so it's fairly hot right now. Um, but I'm just trying to stay cool. I got my my iced coffee this morning. I'm doing coffee again. <laughs> so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything's been smooth sailing. Perfect. Where in uh, Texas are you? Uh, I'm in San Antonio, so I pretty much work between Austin and San Antonio, um, but San Antonio is really home. It's actually my hometown, I consider it. Um, so yeah, it's pretty nice. Get breakfast tacos, can't complain. <laughs> oh my gosh, the tacos and the mole in San Antonio is the best in my oh, opinion. Yes, I've been there is. once before. Oh, you have? Oh, I snap. have, Yeah. Wait, when did you go? Real quick. <laughs> um, it was in twenty. Let's see, twenty nineteen. I was touring with an artist. I was tour managing an artist. Oh, nice! And so we did a whole Texas tour, and San Antonio was one of the stops. And so oh. we were there for about two days, and we stayed. I don't remember the hotel. I think it was mm. called like River Walk. It's right by the River Walk, like by oh. the river there. And we went. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was like this. Um, like kind of like a Mexican center in the town and they had the most amazing mole. (laughs) I wonder if you went to El Mercado, if you said it's a little center. Um, Yeah, yeah, there were lots of flags like in the, like cast across the different restaurants. Oh yeah, you you were definitely in El Mercado. So (laughs) pinatas like everywhere and like amazing Mexican guitarists coming up to the table. Yeah, we we definitely know how to do food here. So uh, mm-hmm. Tex-Mex, Mexican, a lot. Yeah, we love food and experimenting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was actually an incredible experience because it was raining that night, and then uh. we were serenaded <laughs> by the warmth of the mole and guitar wow. and community. So it's very sweet. You just painted but- a nice picture of San Antonio. Actually, like that's. That's legit the experience, especially visiting. So nice. Yeah, it was really sweet. And there was um, my the artist I was working with played at the at an art center there. I think it's actually mm. called the San Antonio Performing Arts Center. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember the name. It's a bit of a blur. We did so much, honestly. Oh man. But so cool. We were like giggling in the lightning and yeah. in the rain, and then. Yeah, had That's some beautiful. So, mm-hmm. um, so tell me a bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm Latina um, or Latinx, as some people say. Um, I was born in the U.S., but my origins are from Mexico, Mexico, and Puerto Rico. So, um, so I am an American citizen by birth, um, and. I also lived in Puerto Rico for a little bit as a kid. I'm, my family's mainly from Ponce, Puerto Rico in the south. And that's where my mom is from. And my dad, he's already second, third generation Mexican. Um, so ironically, I've never been to Mexico, even though it's four hours away from me. <laughs> um, so I am what I call myself Mexican. Um, as a hybrid, or sometimes now I'm adding Tex Mexican, <laughs> um, <laughs> just because of the Texan part of it. That's a big part of my identity. So I'm like, I have a, a it's a weird mixture, but yeah, I'm from technically Mexico, Puerto Rico, and I consider Texas almost its own country sometimes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. I feel that way about California as well. <laughs> yeah, like entirely different place. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's so interesting. So you were born here mm-hmm. and, um, 
and your parents are both from different cultures. Mm-hmm. And um, how was that growing up, like the fusion of the Puerto Rican culture and the Mexico culture? Yeah, well, for me, it was just normal. Like I, I, be, because I was always surrounded by Latinos, whether it was Puerto Ricans or Mexicans, like we spoke the same language um, or even Spanglish. Um, but it wasn't, uh, I just thought it was normal. I didn't actually, especially growing up um, as a kid, I didn't actually have comprehension of what was going on for me culturally and socially. Um, and yeah, I just, uh, I'm trying to think of <laughs> an answer. Here. I, it, it was just normal. Um, yeah, it was normal for you because you had, so you were surrounded and you, you went to school in a community that was mostly like Latinx. Yeah, or, exactly. It wasn't yeah. like I was a stranger in a community. Like, so mm-hmm. when I was in school, That's great. yeah. Um, to a certain point, then I, uh, to a certain point that I had that realization later, um, when I was in Puerto Rico, because I had already lived a few years in the United States, um, I spoke English well. Uh, so in the school system, of course, in the subject of English, I was awesome. So, um, but Ironically, when I moved back to the United States, um, because my parents were done with Puerto Rico, they were done with hurricane season, they were Mm -hmm. done with the heat um, um, or humidity, I should say. Um, They when we moved to Texas, um, I at some point started losing my English and was more dominant in Spanish. So when I actually adapted to the school system here, they almost wanted to hold me back a grade uh, because, yeah, because I wasn't (laughs) speaking the language. um, And most of the, luckily most of the school system here, uh, Mm -hmm. they are bilingual just because of the large population of Latin Americans here in general. So, so eventually I adapted, but because also I had to rush to learn English I started losing my Spanish. <laughs> so <laughs> it was like this weird, I I know Spanish and I don't, and I know English and I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just, that that's just what it was for me. And, and I later learned too that what I started becoming was a passive speaker, um, mm-hmm. which was, I could understand better and other, like when someone spoke to me in Spanish, but I couldn't repeat it because I was starting to get shy and all these other mm-hmm. factors. Um, so, yeah, so I've always been surrounded by Latino communities, whether it be Puerto Rican or Mexican. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until high school, really, that was the first time that I also felt like the, how do you say, the, the foreigner, the stranger, because I went to a predominantly white high school. Um, mm-hmm. It was a specialized high school, and I just that was the first time I learned about American culture, actually. Or oh wow, yeah. As far as like music, like I never knew who uh, Leonard Skinner was or Led Zeppelin or all these classic rock artists until then, because I grew up in a a little bit of a bubble. So, mm-hmm. um, so that was my first exposure. Um, to feeling truly different versus just Mm -hmm. transitioning, like almost a parallel transition from one Latino culture to another Latino culture. I don't know if that makes any sense. (laughs) Yes, no, it it absolutely does. It absolutely does. So, wow, it sounds like your childhood was a lot of learning how to adapt. Mm -hmm. And I think when we're younger, maybe it's easier. That's the idea I have in my mind. Yeah. The adaption. Um, but it sounds like you you just learned how to do that and how to like fuse yourself with the culture that you're around. Yeah, yeah, because mm. I kind of had that, I guess, mild culture shock from Puerto Rico back to the United States a little bit. So I just was like, okay, well, this is normal. So I, in a way, like I kind of got accustomed to it. Um, mm. And then when entering high school, um, it was it was actually two different culture shocks. It was, yes, that I was the minority um, 
or even though there was other, you know, Latinos or what, <laughs> what some people call like, I'm white skin, I'm half white and half Mexican. So <laughs> I, I know it's, I yeah, like we that love, though. yeah. I we, like that. <laughs> uh, but barely anyone, you know, spoke Spanish. Um, and, but it was mm-hmm. also um, a shock of, uh, I don't want to say classism, but I grew up poor. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. and I grew up uh, in the neighborhood uh, on the west side of San Antonio. So it's not, mm-hmm. it's it's mixed. Um, so, and I went to a very, I mean, I'll just say straight up, a, a very rich high school or kids coming from much better economical backgrounds. So it was two things that it was, I was a stranger or foreigner in the sense of race, mm-hmm. but also like economically. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that was also an, a, the first big exposure to that and adjustment for me. Okay. And do you feel like, you know, it depends on the high school and it really depends mm-hmm. on the community. And sometimes, I mean, I, I feel actually all the time, our uniqueness and where we come from is our superpower in an environment. But I think as a teenager and a high schooler, it can be really hard. Like for, um, I understand what you're saying because, I mean, I had, you know, a different experience, but I uh, came from a a private school in South Africa Mm. and I moved here and I went to a public school in America and my accent was so strong that kids couldn't understand what I was saying half of them didn't know where South Africa was and oh. I was like a complete alien and everyone was really curious but they I just felt like such a different person yeah. that my experience was initially it was hard for me to make friends because I felt like I was just so different that I didn't quite feel understood mm. and I'm wondering um you know eventually it became I turned it into a superpower. I was like, yeah, well, this is my opportunity to teach people about my culture. And yes, I am different. And maybe I'll make up funny stories about South Africa. You know, like, Uh you would ask me like, oh, there are lions in your backyard. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, I would would be like, yeah, I I rode like an elephant to school every day. And like, (laughs) I would just have fun with it because I would get kind of tired of the questions. But I'm wondering for you if your experience was... um, did you feel like an outsider? Did you feel like it was more of a superpower, this uniqueness? Because I think being a teenager, like I have a teenage brother and um, there's this switch. Um, like he has, just for example, this is a very small thing, but like he has mm-hmm. really crazy hair. Like got okay. crazy hair, like beautiful, like blonde afro. And when he was little, he hated it because mm. it was different. Like he seems like a very different person to like Mm. people where he lives um everybody kind of looks the same I think to him and then now uh he's like oh this is me I'm different and I was born in South Africa you know so I'm just wondering Mm. what that experience was like for you yeah that's a really great question um so I'm gonna say I experienced that as a superpower later. So it's like a yes and no thing. In high school, I was just, I straight up, I I wanted to blend in. Um, I did not embrace who I was and how I looked really. Um, So much so that I would because I'm very tan I'm naturally tan like I think about the sun and I get tan like I don't have to I don't have to try hard um but I was so ashamed um that I wasn't you know necessarily a white skinny girl I'm quite Mm -hmm. big and I used to be a lot bigger um um and I would try to actually bleach my skin um mm-hmm. and try I wanted to be lighter because I wanted mm-hmm. to like look cool like uh, at the time you know this was oh 2005 six seven when like emo music was a thing <laughs> and kids <laughs> and I wanted to look you know like Haley from Paramore and like mm-hmm. these other you know I wanted to be lighter skin because that was that was in um, to me, or that's what I thought, you know. Um, Mm. It didn't take until college when I studied abroad 
in Paris um, to start embracing my individuality um, because that was the the 100% the very first time I became a true foreigner, like mm-hmm. in another country, quite literally, in France. Um, <laughs> I don't have wow. French origins. Um, I, I don't speak the language, or I didn't then. Um, yes. So I was learning, and uh, that was the first time when I uh, was just pointed out as being a foreigner, but not necessarily in a mean way. Um, just like, you know, ooh, like, where are you from? And, you know, like, oh, tell me. Yeah, yeah, ooh la la. Ooh la la. Yeah, I know. You know, and that was... Yeah, I know. Stereotypes. Oh, As we talk about the stereotypes people do of our culture. Um, so people would ask me, you know, when I would say I'm from the U.S., but they're like, no, like, where are you really from? You know, they would, um, they're, they're obviously pointing out at my, my, my physical look, um, mm-hmm. saying my nationality was not enough. They wanted the friggin' DNA test. Um, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> um, so I'd be like, oh, well, I'm Mexican and Puerto Rican and I'm from Texas. And every time I said Texas, too, of course, they whip out the stereotype like, oh, Texas, you you are a cowboy and you have a gun. You have a gun? I know. <laughs> like, oh, my God. This is the, yeah, still a thing. Still a thing. People think that when um, uh, I was just in Spain the summer and mm-hmm. I um, – went on a wine tour or something and the lady that was in my group was asking about Texas. She's like, I never meet Americans. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Uh. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh. yeah. And it was just, uh, it was just quite a hilarious encounter. Um, I'm getting off topic, um, but essentially. That's okay. Stereotypes yeah. are a thing when you're, and yeah. that's the thing when you're a combination of cultures and you've you kind of you know adapt, adapt yourself depending on who you're talking to, and then you get to see you get to see people and their their stereotypes and their judgments, yeah. and you kind of get to prove them wrong, honestly. Yeah, that and that in itself is empowering because I get to be a representative essentially of yes. of both Tex or Texas. Puerto Rico, Mexico, being an American actually above all mm-hmm. all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'm educated, I speak three languages, I, you know, I've traveled, I have a passport, you know, <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. like these things that, that shatter that image. Um, but yeah, it wasn't until studying abroad that I started owning some of my, you know, what, what makes me unique. And also in that, I mean, that specific isolated experience, it was also the first time I felt attractive, like not to, mm-hmm. um, Mm-hmm. like again change the the subject matter um but oh, no, it's perfect it's perfect Keep but it going. you know, I love I, it <laughs> uh but in my own home like in Texas um I didn't date I didn't date mm-hmm. because I hated <laughs> what was around me so <laughs> well, I didn't want to be yeah <laughs> it was the options was to date a military dude because we have the Lackland Air Force Base here in San Antonio, big military yes. city, um, mm-hmm. or date a cholo. And I wasn't about that. I didn't want to be a baby mama and pop out six kids. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, that that's the expected thing, too. No, like in my especially mm-hmm. in my family, I'm a black sheep in that I got a college degree. <laughs> mm-hmm. I haven't, you know had kids yet and and things of that nature. So like I, what I saw as the norm in my family and in my local culture, I was a repellent towards. Um, and I just didn't want to breed with that. <laughs> so, yes. um, so when I went to France for the first time um, and stayed there, like actually living there, studying abroad, I... I just, I felt attractive and it was completely different people. And it wasn't just, you know, Parisian or French people that I was meeting because I was like in a, um, an international program, I was meeting people from everywhere. So mm. 
Uh, and that was a beautiful experience too, that I got to meet like-minded people who worked hard to do this program um, and get to just have a fun experience um, traveling and experiencing another culture. And again, the, the key thing being with like-minded people, because I had not really experienced that this kind of like this taste for just something different from the, mm -hmm. the everyday norm from my everyday norm mm -hmm. uh so so I forgot where I was going with that <laughs> did you feel like I have a question for you did you feel yeah. like it was maybe one of the first times that you felt like you really fit in and that you really felt connected um in in studying abroad yes um, when I went to France, yes. And ironically, not to get like one of the many side notes to the story, um, I had during that time um, in my program, we actually did something called an orphan Thanksgiving because mm -hmm. Thanksgiving is an American and Canadian holiday. Uh, <laughs> and we're in another country where we don't, they don't celebrate that. So I, uh, we all got together during that Thanksgiving at one of the kids' apartments and, uh, uh, not one of the kids' apartments, one of our classmates' apartments. And, um, I developed lifelong friendships, um, mm -hmm. from that one encounter. Mm -hmm. And I still talk to them today. We have our own little group chat and still connect. And it's, uh, this bond of, you know, wanting more from life and really just enjoying what, you know, travel gives you and meeting other people gives you versus just staying in your own cultural bubble. Mm, um, yes. Travel is yeah. transformational. Yes. It really is. And, um, you know, one thing that travel has taught me is wherever you go, there are all different kinds of people and we might be from different cultures, mm -hmm. but there's like the same kinds of people everywhere. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so people try to identify you as this or that but mm -hmm. at the core you know it's really about um who somebody is as a human being like you mm -hmm. have your identity but like um you know how kind are you how compassionate are you like what are you passionate about exactly um, these are the things that I found are like really core things that define people like you'll get nice people and mean people and judgmental people and Awesome people, you know, wherever you go, mm -hmm. whatever country you're in, but like, what mm -hmm. is the core of them? And so you find these common denominators and it's a really special feeling, right? Yes, no, absolutely. And you also find out that there are crazy effed up people in all other cultures too. So it's <laughs> right? like, it's, a, it's equal, it's equal. It's just a matter of, you know, where you're looking. But yes, um, mm -hmm. it's quite fascinating um, mm -hmm. to find someone who comes from a completely different heritage background as you and to just instantly connect. Um, and that's how I feel with my, my girlfriends from Paris that I met in that Thanksgiving. Um, we, uh, we, we've just stayed, even though we all literally live across the world, um, mm -hmm. we have stayed with that bond because um, it's quite rare. I, I think what mm -hmm. we have is rare. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, 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 yeah. That's so special. You'll have to have a reunion. So yeah, did we, you have, we have, you we have, we did it this past summer. Actually, oh, one awesome. of the girls, the reason I was in Spain is because one of the girls, uh, got married. So we all reunited this summer, um, and just had too much fun. <laughs> it was great. It was great. No such thing. No such thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so special. Um, so when you were in Paris, did you study, you studied in English, but did you get to learn a bit of French? And Actually, um, I studied French intensively there um, okay. because I ended up changing my major um, in mm -hmm. college. I was originally studying music, um, but mm -hmm. at that time, there wasn't really a music business program. Like I wanted to do more songwriter, music industry stuff. And it that at that time, it was more... You could learn classical music and be a musician like in an orchestra or you could teach, be a music teacher. And I, I didn't follow that binary of mm -hmm. the music offering. Um, mm -hmm. So I changed it to languages. Um, 
and ended up studying uh, intensively Spanish and French. Um, but at that time, my university did not have a developed French program, and I always wanted to learn French. Um, and I, I just had, quote unquote, to study abroad in order to finish that um, <laughs> completion. So yes, how perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did study and, I, and now I'm fluent. It, it was a journey um, to yes. learn the language. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily, there's a lot of similarities with Spanish. And at some point, mm-hmm. I think I actually got better in French than in Spanish just because of how I learned it. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really, now it's equal. (laughs) But um, it it was quite strange just because um, with Spanish, you know, it was just this on-off, on-off growing up. And Mm -hmm. I didn't learn it necessarily in a school system. I just Mm -hmm. learned it more like in conversation with family um, versus with French, like I studied in a very formal way, so yes, and different levels. Um, and like the we don't have this in the United States, but the A one, A two, B one, B two, um, system. Um, mm-hmm. I essentially followed that. Um, so yeah, and I actually did another stint in France. Um, in 2017-18 teaching English at a high school go figure Um, (laughs) and that was actually the experience that really solidified my pride for my culture actually and being able Mm -hmm. to stand up for myself when Mm -hmm. I was encountered with um, either bigoted ideals or Mm -hmm. um, you know lack of understanding or ignorance of American culture, Puerto Rican culture, um, mm-hmm. Mexican culture. Some people still don't know Puerto Rico is a commonwealth of the United States. They literally think it's its own country. Um, yes. So, um, so that experience, because I was there longer in a different medium um, mm-hmm. as a, a an employ an employee, mm-hmm. I I really got to explore what it was to be a representative of my culture and how to encounter um, uncomfortable conversation because the French yes. also love to talk about uncomfortable things like politics. They, they <laughs> and, really do. and I think that the French, the French to me, I mean, being South African, mm-hmm. I have this stereotype of the French being kind of rude and snooty, mm-hmm. but I think it's that they're direct. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have so many French friends who are so wonderful too. Like they're not, you know, not snooty, but I think there is a directness. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you now that yeah, we're here. Mm-hmm. It's um, how would you recommend people when they're coming from a different ma- uh, background and they're met with a stereotype or comments or judgment, how do you stand up in like leadership and kind of meet them with grace mm-hmm. and with like education or how did you handle that? Like, how was that for you? Yeah, I would first ask them, what makes you think that? Like, just kind of start getting to the root cause of it. Um, Mm -hmm. Because honestly, most of these stereotypes, they come from media. They come from films. They come from music. Um, They, so it's encountering that. um, And I guess depending on what it is, um how you start figuring out ways to dismantle it. It was like, well, I'm literally from there and that's not true. Or I actually disagree with that ideal. Perfect example of that is I used to do a physical checkup in France. Um, Part of my immigration papers, you have to do a physical annual Mm -hmm. exam. And Mm -hmm. my, I was speaking in French the entire time. And Mm -hmm. the doctor at some point, he's talking to me, but he looks at my papers and sees that my nationality is American and his tone completely changed. And he was like, Oh, you're American. I said, yep. And he completely went out of line and, or I thought he went out of line of, he's like, so what do you think of Trump? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, what? Uh-huh. Um, And he started going, like, why is it that your country voted for him? 
And like, well, first off, <laughs> um, my country did not collectively <laughs> like one hundred percent vote for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I just started. That's when I kindly started dismantling. That's for one. Um, for two, um, while I don't have to say who I voted for, um, I don't agree with his views. Um, and just again, start, start addressing it. And he went on this little tangent of, well, I'm just afraid that the, that the U S is going to start a world war three and da, da, da. And I was mm-hmm. like, and then I just straight up, is this part of is this obligatory? Is this part of my exam? Exactly. Yes. That's exactly what I asked. I was like, is this part of my exam? Because I actually don't feel comfortable um, mm-hmm. in this conversation. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, oh. And it completely shocked him um, because I guess uh, there there is a curiosity when they meet someone from another culture and, you know, they're fed this narrative, this uh, from their media because French media can also be biased, um, just mm-hmm. like American media, just like anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, um, ah, I forgot what I was going to say with that. Um, oh, but yeah, okay. they, they, they felt, um, they feel like it, it's like a, it's an interview moment. Like, oh yeah. Just... And they, they want you to like, almost like debate with them on yes. politics and, and really tell them why this that like why would your country do that I've had people do that to me as well actually and and I'm always just like well I don't agree with that mm-hmm. or like I don't I don't actually like talking about politics but I I will get into it um, yeah if and it's I, a good discussion even, but mm-hmm. but the thing is like yeah absolutely it's like that's a professional setting and now he wants to debate this with you and he wants you to give him the answers based on his bias view and you're like uh <laughs> yeah and okay. there's also yeah and there's also another you know there's more layers of ignorance involved like if you yes. physically look at me I, okay, mm-hmm. I and I've had this question like oh you don't look American mm-hmm. uh and I I get that too you yes. you don't look South African you're yeah. white and I'm like yeah I am white but I'm like <laughs> you know yeah nationality fifth generation south african so exactly yeah so same thing i understand yeah that would happen a lot um when traveling that you don't look this or you look like something else um um so there's the those other levels of what it is to be an American and look like an American. I mean, if we're really going to address the problem at hand, the only people that should call themselves American is Native Americans. Mm -hmm. And even more so, um, we should specify if we're from North America, Central America, or South America. Because Mm -hmm. if you say in certain Latin American countries, Americano, it's actually offensive. They say Estadounidense. There's actually a dedicated word to say from the United States. Mm-hmm. um versus yeah so so what would so, you say so what is what is like the best terminology to be politically say? correct estadounidense um to say i'm from the united states and it's mm-hmm. united states and i don't know if that's a word <laughs> but um but unfortunately just like in the majority of languages, they say American or Americano. Even in mm-hmm. Spain, I they would call me Americana. So they mm-hmm. wouldn't say Estadounidense. Um, that's just, you know, the, the correct terms. Um, mm-hmm. And just going with whatever is most popular at the moment. Um, but, yeah, so there is the ignorance of, you know, that when encountering an American like me, um, I am not of obviously physical appearance of a European descent or mm-hmm. directly, you know, Europe, European descent, white background. Mm-hmm. I am mestiza. I am mixed. Um, yes. I have some European blood just as I also have Taino indigenous blood, just as mm-hmm. I have native American blood mm-hmm. and just as I have African blood. Um, mm-hmm. So, it's ignorant um, to think that some that me, even though mm-hmm. again my nationality, my nationality is American, mm-hmm. 
that I would maybe 100% agree with my country's politics because I'm also, mm-hmm. I've been technically colonized <laughs> by this country as well. Yes, exactly. Like I have very polarized views too. I mean, I don't yes. fight about it. I'm not looking to, you know, cause a scene. I, I, I like to just educate myself and have kind educational conversations, not, you know, and fist open fights. people's awareness really to mm-hmm. what what has actually happened and how mm-hmm. I, you know i i would love to learn more about uh puerto rico from you like like how do you yeah puerto how, rico how do you feel about it like what what are some traditions Oof. you love like yeah. things like that but how do you feel about like the the us i know this is a very like political thing and you don't have uh, to answer this one if you don't want to but sure. How do you f- feel about the the U.S. like including Puerto Rico as as a part of the the United States? Oof. Yeah, that is like a heavy question because there has yes. to be a lot of repar repar reparand- reparations. Yes, reparations. reparations. <laughs> like yep. I can't I can't English today. That's no, no, it's my okay. Life. It's um, okay. Sometimes I can't life. <laughs> <laughs> um, there are some reparations that need to happen before even considering what Puerto Rico wants to be in regards to statehood mm-hmm. or being an independent country. Mm-hmm. Um, there has to be like the, for example, the Jones Act has to be lifted. It's a major law um, that has to do with importing um, things to Puerto Rico um, and the, some mm-hmm. of the, 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 the import taxations involved and, Mm-hmm. Um, just a lot of in, injustices in that act alone. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be lifted. Um, the There has to be certain repairs that need to happen in Puerto Rico um, as far as the just the infrastructure. I mean, we're still mm-hmm. recovering. The island is still recovering from Hurricane Maria. Um, yes. Like certain parts still are not completely fixed. So... I'm not for or against, to be quite honest. And I I feel almost, I I don't want to say imposter, but I feel I I don't have a 100% voice in that just because I only grew up in Puerto Rico part of my life. I didn't grow up as an adult. Yes. Puerto Rico is not in the position to be in an independent country either, um, just because Mm -hmm. of how economically it was screwed up by the United States. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, statehood isn't a complete end all answer. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's first let's do the corrective measures to help the island. Mm -hmm. um, Yes. And then we can talk about what are next steps um yes absolutely i hear that mm. um so i have another question for you yeah um so growing up with a um you know like different cultures in the households mm-hmm. with this like dual culture um and and your you know you have this combination of all of them and the american culture like the third mm-hmm. culture kid mm-hmm. um What was it like at home? Like, did mom and dad both have traditions that they wanted to teach you that were a part of their culture? Um, Or was it more like you created your own kind of family traditions? Um, It's a little bit of both. Um, But like, for example, something that we don't celebrate here in the States, but they do almost everywhere else, actually, um, is Three Kings Day. Uh, the Los Tres Reyes Magos, which is on January 6th. And Mm -hmm. that's when, uh, from Christianity, when the three kings bring the gifts to baby Jesus, um, Mm -hmm. it's celebrating that. And we still do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually, it's celebrated more in Puerto Rico and in other countries, more than like Christmas itself. So... Um, and that's something I we I definitely did as a kid where, you know, the camels are going to come. So we've got to make sure there's water <laughs> outside and grass and <laughs> literally used to pull out grass, even though there was grass. Oh my God. <laughs> Put it in a bowl. Um, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's something that we've preserved. Um, something I'm trying to bring back more is 
I really love saying buen provecho when mm -hmm. someone is about to eat, like for, you know, whatever moment of the day. I went to Puerto mm -hmm. Rico in May mm -hmm. and it's just so, it reminded me like as a kid, like it's just so like automatic, you know, if someone sneezes, you say, bless you. Mm -hmm. Someone is about to eat, buen provecho, gracias. Mm -hmm. Like you just like bon appetit, enjoy your food. Oh, um, so I'm trying to make that more of a thing with my family again. Like, hey, mm -hmm. let's say this because I don't know. This is, uh, it's nice. Um, yes, it is a nice yeah. little thing to remember. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. um, yeah, so it's a it's a mix of uh, some things preserving and some things mm -hmm. I'm trying to bring back now that I'm that I'm older and I have a deeper appreciation for my own culture. Because ironically, yes. to not bring it back to France again, we talked about France too much. <laughs> but oh, no, um, that's great. I love talking about France. <laughs> during that stay, because I felt like. It like I was a foreigner, it just mm -hmm. deepened my appreciation for my own culture and the mm -hmm. beauty of my own culture because part of my job was to talk about where I was from. You mm -hmm. know, I was introducing these French high school kids to um, what my customs were and what mm -hmm. I grew up with. And, you know, an American isn't just like French fries and burgers. like and this, Exactly, and pizza. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I actually grew up in a very specific, um, you know, almost Creole region in a way of, mm -hmm. of you know, Mexican culture um, while also being from this other culture. So it was um, that that whole time I was there um, while I was serving them, I was also serving myself. So. Yes, of course. And kind of getting back to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I can understand that kind of fuse of different cultures and remembering the different parts I think are so important and to have yeah ritual like ritual or tradition um I I understand because I'm a combination as well because I have my yeah. South African roots but then I finished high school here and my whole adult life I've been in the states and I visit South Africa you know but mm. um and I feel very deeply connected to to South Africa of course but yeah there are certain traditions that, like my my father and I will share because he's he's South African and mm -hmm. um, and there are things that I want to carry carry forth or have in my life or invite other people into, you mm -hmm. know, to kind of teach them about different things and um, yeah, you know, different words that we use for different things that don't even have a word here. Mm -hmm. For really, <laughs> I think yeah. that's the coolest thing about language. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, language preservation. That's why also, as I grew older, I made a effort to relearn Spanish um, mm -hmm. because, you know, language is also like your cultural DNA. You're like, you can find the history of things. I mean, there are words that, again, another conversation that, that the etymology behind certain words um, have cultural references. Um so, or it gives you a specific um, lead onto where that came from. Um, and I, I love that. And I think preserving language and preserving uh, rituals uh, is so important to to us. Uh, it's the, the beauty of the United States is that we are a melting pot, um, but we still do our own dishes, our own, you know, cuisines, and we do still have our own customs. Um, that will never be truly blended, I feel. So long as people move around, um, you know, and travel, we, we will never be just this one flavor. We will be multiple flavors. And that excites me. That, that excites me to my core um, and has reignited what it means to be an American for me too um, because there's this growing pessimism I feel of like, oh, it's embarrassing to be an American and like our country is, you know, going to shit and stuff, which is like true at the same time. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but um, you know, like let's not forget the beauty of, of the people who make us. Um, mm -hmm. Like I will never forget the beauty of Puerto Rico, um, of being this fusion of Taino like culture and, you know, the African culture with the plantains there and the obviously the Spanish mix. Um, 
um, with different flavors. Um, like I, I, I love that. I lo- and I don't ever want us to just blend to just be one unique thing. I love finding the different threads that make the entire fabric. So yes, how how beautiful, how beautiful, you know, and that. And that to me was really, I think my initial idea when I immigrated to the States, like, wow, there's so many different people and Mm -hmm. we can all relate somehow and, and, and just how beautiful to learn from each other and, and see the differences and learn from the different culture. Mm -hmm. So... I would love to hear about your passions. I know that you're writing music and mm-hmm. you're creating some really beautiful content. So uh, tell us about what you're doing and how can our listeners check that out? Yeah, for sure. So I am a singer, songwriter, um, and I have been working diligently uh, to release singles. This has been a lifelong dream of mine um, ever since I was a kid. Uh, Fun fact, I was inspired uh, to do music by Selena, Selena Quintanilla, who is a third world culture kid in herself um, because she's very similar to me where she has Mexican origins, but she grew up in Texas and she actually learned Spanish so she could sing in Spanish. and I don't know if you're familiar, or familiar I am with her at all. I really got into the Netflix Selena show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I'm like yeah. addicted to it. I'm absolutely yeah. addicted to it. I just <laughs> loved her story. Yeah. Did you watch the original film though? The no, I should. Oh, you need to. Yeah. That's okay. um. Yes. And there's a iconic scene too where it's you're not Mexican enough. You're not American enough. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Definitely watch. Um. But it was because of her. Um. And then also growing up in Texas, uh, that I really found my passion for music. And I've always, unfortunately, just avoided it because I was too shy. And everyone be- uh, everyone came first, like not me. So I always, you know, accomplished everyone else's, you know, asks and dreams except mine. So this time, um, especially during the pandemic, uh, it has afforded me the time to just focus on my creativity and combine, you know, my background in, in having studied music and traveling. And also I did a little bit of theater and acting, um, to create a project, um, that is just myself, Crystal. And eventually I will release an EP. Uh, I will reveal the name of the EP, but I don't want to reveal the songs yet. The song, uh, the EP, (laughs) the EP um, (laughs) will be named Saturn Returns Mm. uh, because I'm not super into astrology, but Mm -hmm. uh, in astrology, your Saturn Returns is when around your 28th, 29th year, your Saturn realigns the same place that you were born and it signifies a rebirth. Um, so a new change. And I've certainly had that. Um, I left my corporate life and I experienced loss. I lost my best friend slash mm. first love um, last mm. summer. Uh, that. Thanks. And I will actually have a song dedicated to him on that EP. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, a lot of transformation. Um because I'm not the same person I was growing up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm way more assertive and I know what I like and mm-hmm. I'm proud of who I am. I used, I went through this phase of, you know, being embarrassed of who I was, being embarrassed of how I looked, not, mm-hmm. um, not having control of my own self. I just mm-hmm. went with whatever. And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until I, again, experienced travel and also really honed in on just exploring and being playful with music that I, I finally came to the conclusion, you know what, I need to take a chance on myself. So um, so I will be releasing an EP hopefully later this year. I'm still figuring out a date. Uh, 
but I will be having singles released soon within like the next few weeks soon. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's all dealing with themes of love, loss, relationships because a lot of the content I'm putting out even though it's funny right now it's all dealing with what it is to navigate dating for example because Mm -hmm. I it's new frontier for me in that I was grown up I, I grew up with these certain expectations of what it is to be in love um my mm-hmm. parents are still together you know mm-hmm. they after all these years and i i am you know exploring what it means what it what it is to truly be in love um mm-hmm. and figuring out what it, relationships um because that's especially hard um you know with latinos we have still a lot of traditionalism and even some machismo <laughs> <laughs> involved in in certain ways but it, that that's breaking like that's mm-hmm. um people are you know becoming more quote-unquote modern um mm-hmm. in that sense but it, it's also like what it raising the question what is it to be modern um mm-hmm. you know am i going to fulfill these roles as the typical latino wife or not and what what is it that i'm looking for not necessarily am i fulfilling the roles that my previous ancestors and my previous you know um family um like what is it what they is it Mm -hmm. i'm just fulfilling it for them Mm -hmm. so or what are you going to create for future generations right you know you don't have i know that there is like a an expectation from tradition yeah having children and getting married and all these things right there are other things that you can birth into the world i i personally feel as well that are part of creating the future for Mm -hmm just for you know just living your life in like full embodiment and yeah yeah. and and that takes a lot especially for someone like me who Mm -hmm. who comes from like the man is always the head of the household always follow Mm -hmm. you know father's orders and to have um you know autonomy uh Mm -hmm. on one's choices like Mm -hmm. even though I've mainly grown up with that it's still um, it's still something that is new, I guess. It's very strange to explain. Um, like it, I it, understand. Yeah. It's something that's almost embedded in your psyche. Right, right. right? Because mm-hmm. I, I try to explain this to my family, like, oh, it's so hard to date and so da da da. And they just don't understand. Like they like they do and they don't. Um, because you know, it I don't know if it was just easier for them or if it was just mm-hmm. less complicated, or if it was just, you know shut up and, you know, marry, you know, Juanito's friend down the street or I don't know. I don't exactly. know. Like, but you have, you have high expectations and I, I right. think it, it might have to do with it. I mean, I'm dealing with this right now and this may be a projection, but um, <laughs> there is, we're such independent people. And the right. thing is we have a high expectations of the partner mm-hmm. that we want. And I think back then in past generations, a lot of just like, completion of life or Mm. success in life I mean it still is here today this trickle down of expectation but Mm. there's this oh if you marry and you have kids wow your life then you're happy then you're successful you know and I think that maybe it's harder because we have higher expectations of what we want to create and the kind of partner that that we want to find for that right and that's that's what I'm exploring as far as like the content that I'm creating and a lot mm-hmm. of the music I'm creating, it's like questioning those because we don't, some, sometimes we don't talk about this out loud. Mm-hmm. You know, we mm-hmm. just, it's just yeah. silently observed or just, you know, mm-hmm. thought about, but it isn't necessarily spoken about. So mm-hmm. I, I love, I love exploring that and even poking fun at it. I've been doing a lot of reels on like dating and, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm writing more music like as a consequence of that too, because it's just like art feeds into each other, even though it's again, that the, the reels comedy stuff is not necessarily my main focus. It's just because mm-hmm. I'm creating art, it's inspiring more art. Yes. So, um, so that's what, um, my singles that I'll be releasing um, deal with. Um, yes. 
just that kind of self-exploration and just being, mm-hmm. just being and, and just being. Mm-hmm. Yes, I absolutely love that. So um, where can they find you? Can they find you on Instagram or do you have a yeah, website? That's probably the, the best bet right now is just at Crystal Vibe, Crystal with a K, K-R-Y-S-T-A-L. Vib, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm kind of going through a rebranding right now. Um, mm-hmm. I do have a website. It's it's voilacrystal.com if you want to check it out. And the little French mm-hmm. influence there. Um, nice. But I'll be Voila. it'll. <laughs> uh, but I'll be changing it uh, soon as I start releasing stuff to have more mm-hmm. of uniform. But for sure, Crystal Vibe, you can find me there. Perfect. And I will link that in the show notes as well. Nice. Um, yes, and. I just want to say I'm I'm just so impressed by you and your story and we actually have quite a lot in common like I'm also into the music and I've always wanted to write music but I've been so shy about it and um and I thank you so much for just showing up and sharing your story and sharing different parts that have really uh really shaped you to who you are today and Mm -hmm. I feel like we'll have to do a part two at some point because we have a lot to talk about. I know. Um, Yeah, but thank you so much. And I will link um, all of your social media in the show notes for our listeners. Get in touch with Crystal. Ask her questions. Support (laughs) her. Follow her. And um, yeah, is there anything else that you'd like to share before we end this episode no this was really this was really fun thank you for inviting me thank you for thinking of me um i see some of the stuff you do you always have positive energy um and you're so kind um so Mm. i i appreciate that and uh and i'm really glad you shared some of your your story too um because definitely there's a lot in common from from you being from south africa and just kind of this the overall displacement issue and kind of encountering being questioned of your own culture um mm-hmm. and finding not, ourselves again yeah absolutely mm-hmm. so um I learned some stuff too so yeah <laughs> hi crystal Wait, welcome back so we <laughs> so um I've been quite busy over the last month and um, it's been a few weeks since we recorded no, it's been a yeah, it's in a minute. So you have some new announcements yes. to make, right, for the audience? Yes. So I've been working hard like a little honeybee, and I am finally, finally releasing my first single. Um, October 29th, 2021, it's happening. I'm finally releasing my first single. It's called Used, um, and it's going to be... Uh, it's really close to my heart because it took pretty much a year for it to actually come into fruition. Um, I uh, I had to figure out my way because it was my first time doing it, but it's finally happening. It's finally happening. Um, it's essentially about just being used, like by a guy, and the process that the the way it affects your psyche and. Go, the process of the emotions that happens with a girl when that happens when when one is used so I'm really proud of it I think a lot of women especially but really anyone is going to resonate with it and then consequently I will release um a few more singles to eventually debut my EP in the new year so yeah ah I know. Yay, that's so, so exciting. exciting. And we're filming the music video next week. So after oh the my release. Gosh, I know. Yes. <laughs> um, so after the the single release, a little bit after I'll release the video. So it'll be fun. I'm so excited. It's going to be. I'm so uh, excited for you. Great. Yeah. I yeah. We're making see. like a mini movie. It's great. <laughs> oh, cool. And you have a team over there. Yeah, I hired, uh, I got, well, I'm working with uh, Melissa and Sky Bordeaux. They're a videographer, photographer duo in Austin, Texas. And I am recruiting just really friends to be part of the project, but really they're creative friends still. Like my love interest, he's a DJ and local in town. 
Um, mm-hmm. There will be a tarot reader as well because I love tarot. But I, it's she's one of my friends from a studio called Minx and Muse, and uh, that I'm also having just my friend like play my friend (laughs) in the music video and she loves music we're both studying music business at ACC so it just kind of worked out like my casting Mm -hmm. I didn't have to do an open casting call (laughs) thankfully Mm -hmm. just worked out I was like you're hired you're hired you're hired (laughs) I love that I love that I have a friend in town that she's recording a music video right now and she does the same thing Mm. she hires these really um, just incredible like creative people but they're friends and contacts and there's just this extension of creativity and they get to be a part of a, a cool project you know yeah so, and they're already yeah. in the mindset like they already know you they know mm-hmm. your identity they have your backstory and there's no mm-hmm. like weird you, you, they already know your dynamics and it was so it's just it's gonna flow I know it's mm-hmm. gonna flow just because I know these people so mm-hmm. and I'm very excited that they're going to be part of my ever first music video oh, that's <laughs> I'm so excited for you thanks, thank thanks. you so much yes yeah, so October 29th um it's gonna pop up any day now on Spotify and Apple Music for pre-saving um you can find it on my IG at Crystal Vibe, um, and it'll be there to pre-save, and then you can listen to the heck out of it. Thanks so much for tuning in. You've been listening to Abroad the Podcast, where we are celebrating the diversity and humility of immigration through storytelling. Maybe you know someone who has a great story. Feel free to get in touch. My Instagram handle is African with a K underscore sunrise. Please subscribe and comment. Illustration is by Tanya Feydan. And music for the intro and outro is by Tahu Music. And you can find out more information about their work if you look below in the show notes. Thanks so much, friends. Take care and stay curious.